This is an APAC EO production. Welcome to episode 63 of the APEC EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Oliver Mystery from Sydney EO. Hi, Ollie. How are you going? Hey, Brendan. I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well. Now, uh, you're quite a new member. I met you uh, just before Christmas on a super yacht. That was pretty cool. Um, that was you, awesome. What are your thoughts about EO so far? It's good. Uh, look, it's, it's early days. I think I've had I'm, I'm in a forum, which is fantastic. Um, so I've had two forum meetings and I've been to three, three events, two events so far. Okay. So really trying to, you know, cut my teeth and, and get stuck in and really, you know, get some, get some good value from EO. But so far, so good. I've had all the experiences I'd have had have been really good. All right. So we're meeting your expectations, hopefully. <laughs> Thus far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still have my attention. I mean, you're really doing well, given you know that it's been the summer holidays and traditionally EO sort of slows down a little bit over that time. So that's great. You're already out and about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, you know, the the summer holidays coincided with uh, lockdown on the northern beaches, which is where I am. So um, it was a forced break at both ends. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, now you've got a couple of businesses. Tell us what you do. Uh, so I've got yeah, two businesses. Uh, one is called At Your Table. Um, and we create uh, amazing fine dining, private fine dining experiences. So kind of like the, the fine dining experience you get in a restaurant, but available anywhere in a private location. So be it your home or a venue of your choice. Um, we bring you know, chefs from top restaurants and create an absolutely bespoke first class experience wherever you may need it. Are you the chef or is it your wife or neither? <laughs> Uh, uh, definitely, definitely not me. I can cook, but definitely not at that level. Um, my wife is an amazing chef, um, but she doesn't actually do any of any of the cooking. Which she did. She was the first chef um, within the business, but obviously you can't really scale a business with one person. So um, she is no longer a chef, and we 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 recruit you know chefs who are trained at two, three hat restaurants and worked in the business for ten, twenty years. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, what sort of restaurants have they been? Are they Sydney-based chefs or? Uh, no, we've got chefs. Um, we've got about 45-ish chefs in Australia, uh, a bunch in, in the States. But the ones in, um, the ones in Australia have, have worked at, you know, some of the, the big-name restaurants, both locally and globally, you know, places from the Fat Duck to sort of Spice Temple to Key. Um, yeah, some, some amazing chefs. Oh, that's really cool. And um, do they ever cook at your house? Try yeah. them out. I reckon that would yeah. be the that would be the way to go. We'll give you the gig, but you got to come and cook for me and my family. <laughs> yeah. We'd be we'd be pretty fat if we uh, if we tried them all that way. But I mean, <laughs> it's literally my favourite thing to do. Like every every birthday, we we have a chef experience, and um, often when we have big events with friends, we, we do the same. It just just means I don't have to do all the cleaning and <laughs> tidying up, and and Ellie doesn't have to do all the cooking. We can actually just sit back and relax and enjoy the event with our mates and have a chat. Um, so I'd imagine there's a fair few EOs that would be into this kind of thing, like having the private dining at home for friends and family and that sort of thing. Can you give us a bit of a flavour of, you know, what the price range would be per head to, um, you know, get a chef to come into your home? Yeah, for sure. Um, look, the price range scales. Um, the more people, the cheaper it is cost per head. But you'd, probably, you'd expect to pay around about the same um, as you'd pay in the equivalent restaurant. Um, going out to dinner. So for about eight people, it would be, be about 135 a head 
yeah. um, all inclusive of food, wait staff, chef, yeah. um, for three courses. That, what about me? I like eating McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only, yeah. I'm only pulling your leg, buddy. But um, so yeah, it's kind of like like for like. So from one thirty five upwards, would that be a fair? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, what? Yeah. One thirty five. The more people, the less it costs per head. Yeah. Uh, oh, costs, okay. If, you, if you've got, got yeah. two people, but yeah. where you really save is is if you you know if you like a drink, if you like a nice glass of wine with yep. your with your food, you obviously supply that yourself. So yeah. that's where the bulk of the price comes in when you go out for dinner and, and taxis and babysitting and and, oh, and all of that, and you can you can just roll home to your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, how many gigs are, are you guys doing? Like, it would have been. I guess a bit up and down over the last 12 months, like a lot of businesses at sort of feast and famine. Yeah, absolutely. Look about hundred, 150, 200 in, in a given month. There's a, oh, there's a fair a bit month. of. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. A, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a fair bit of seasonality in there. Um, yeah. And yeah, last year was, last year was crazy. You know, we got basically turned off when, every, when the country went into lockdown. So yeah. we went to zero overnight. Yeah. Yeah, and um, then suddenly everybody wanted you. Yeah, and it opened up again. It's like got to do got to do a dinner party at home because it's too dangerous to go out. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, it's been a weird year because you know there's been restrictions in certain states at certain times and certain numbers, and you know we could wake up in the morning and turn the news on. It's like oh dear, this state shut down, and you know, and my wife's on the phone with the entire next two weeks of bookings completely cancelled. Oh. I, I, feel, I feel your pain because we've got a uh, wedding venue and it's the same thing. Like every time there's something in the news, the phone starts ringing and people are wanting to can't come for this reason or that and I want to postpone. And it's just we've, we feel like we've been on this massive roller coaster as well where, you know, depends what's happening in the media. Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been hard to manage, and you know I think hospitality in general as a category has been the hardest hit. I've got a lot of friends who who have businesses in the space, and to be honest, that we we got off lightly. You know, we yeah. we have our gripes, but we don't have large overheads. You know, we don't have yeah. a lot of food on stock or anything. Everything's done by yeah. booking, and we don't have rent and things like that. So I can't really complain compared to the rest of the hospitality industry. And, and so that business model, is it like you just make a, a margin, a per hour margin, I'd imagine? Is that how it works? Or do you control all the food costs and pay your chef? And Yeah, basically it's a, it's a flat price. Per, per cut, well, for each of the chefs, there's no differentiation between chefs. You know, for whatever chef you want, it's the same yeah. pricing model, yeah. uh, and we package that together. Uh, you know, with wait staff, with you know, the, the food costs are all included in that. So, you know, you can go bespoke if someone really wants a lobster, that might add to yeah. it. Yeah, we pride ourselves in being a completely bespoke service. But, but, um, but as opposed to say running a restaurant, it's a lot easier in a way because you know what it's like be pretty hard not to make money because you know what all your inputs are, right? Yeah, exactly. If there's no booking, there's no cost. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Perfect. All right. And tell us about Compare TV. That's your, um, is Compare TV the main business or is it um, at your table? Uh, about 50-50. Um, or, or it depends. It depends on the time of year and... It, it does. It depends on the time of year. It depends on um, where the priorities are between the two. And I've got business partners on both businesses, so it allows okay. me to flex, flex as needed between those two businesses. Yep. Um, Compare TV is a business I started about eight years ago, um, and we're really a guide to digital entertainment, in particular uh, TV 
services. So be it streaming TV, and that covers everything from, you know, what are the best services, uh, how much they cost, where are the best offers, uh, reviews and guides to the services, the content they have, uh, you know, what do you want to watch? Where do you want to want it? Where, so where do you want to watch it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, it's, it's kind of answering that. And at the moment, that space is so confusing. It seems to be, you know, the sport for, for choice in terms for, of content. For, for you or for, for customers? For customers. For yeah. customers. There's so many, you know, new services launching and the, the content is fragmented across them all. Um, yep. it, it's hard to really know where the best content is and when you've got a service, what the best content is to watch on that. I mean, that's right. I mean, I'm just thinking of myself. There's like Netflix, Stan, Binge. Um, then we've got Apple TV. We've got Disney Plus, uh, you know, Amazon. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even in the industry. I'm just thinking of all the different places where you can now get video content it's astounding yeah for sure and i mean really when you think about it this has only been the last what three or four years where it's been so fragmented before you know you had your free to air channels and foxtel maybe fetch tv um, and that was about it and suddenly now you know you've just named a handful and there's probably double again in terms of the amount of options available and really that's the role we play we help people kind of get their head around the different options um, we try and help guide them in terms of what their, you know, their content requirements and where the best uh, where the best content that matches those requirements are. What what do you think is the best way for? I mean, it seems like Netflix. Everybody has that. <clears throat> That's a staple. But what are, what are some of the better services out there? Do you think? Um, look, there's some really good ones, and and a lot of them have have got a lot better over the past, you know, twelve twelve to eighteen months. I think it depends on what you like to watch. Obviously, Netflix, I'd, I'd say Netflix, no doubt, is the market leader. It's, the, it's got the best range of kind of non-sport content and movies. Um, yeah. uh, you know, if you, if you really like some of those premium HBO dramas, uh, uh, services like Binge are fantastic. Um, Stan's getting some really great content as well now. Um, mm. with some of their content deals and showcase and, and all of that kind of stuff um, across those guys. But then sport, you know, we've got KO. If you're a big sport fan, KO is probably the world leader in terms of sport. Right. Sport streaming got on there across, you know, all the different genres. I, I don't think I... And nationality, which is, you know, best in class globally. I don't think I even know KO. What is that um, access through Apple TV or is it like just a standalone service like Binge and Stan? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a standalone. It's, it's across multiple devices um, in terms of its access. But, yeah, it's a, it's a standalone service. It's owned by uh, Foxtel and carries all of the, the, the sport content that Foxtel has. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, you can watch it live. You can watch it on demand. You can watch minis, which are synopses of games or or matches that have have been. You can kind of skip to cricket, for example. You can skip to the best moments instead of watching the whole game and and things like that. Oh, that's brilliant. I was was just thinking as you were saying that Foxtel must be bloody bleeding like there's no tomorrow because they're – I think they're – I've got Foxtel as well in some of the holiday properties we own, but um, and that's mainly for sports, but maybe I just need KO. I don't need the – the whole box and dice. Yeah, maybe you need KO for sport and then, you know, a bunch of or a couple of combination of some of the others yeah. to cover your, your non-sport needs. Look, I think, in, you know, Foxtel have seen this coming and, and they've they've tried to evolve a few times and I think they now, you know, they now have Binge, they now have KO, they then have their legacy 
Foxtel oh, boxes. Okay, <laughs> so, so that was a bit of information I didn't realise that Binge is actually owned by Foxtel, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Ah, okay. Now the now it's um. So really, you could be getting Binge and Ko and Cut uh, Foxtel, and that's probably a fraction of the cost. If, yeah, if you so wish. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, I wish. I'm sick of these monthly bloody <laughs> charges. So I think I have to head over to Kemp Compare TV and, and get my life sorted out <laughs> as, sure. far, as sure. far as media content goes. And so what gave? why did you start such a thing? Because like, you, you were saying um, before we jumped on the call that you've got something, a couple of hundred thousand visitors a month, which is just outstanding. I mean, that's a huge amount of – is that all Australian traffic? Or yeah, all Australian that's incredible. Pretty, pretty much 90, 90 something percent Australian. Um, yeah, look, I, I mean, I, my, my career, I, in my career, I, I had headed up digital at Foxtel for three or four years. Ah, um, okay. So now all the dots are coming together, Ollie. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're a Foxtel man. <laughs> well, wow, I, I used ex. to be a Foxtel man. Yeah. Um, look, and I just saw the writing on the wall. I saw, I saw the, the, the rise of Netflix. I knew that was coming. Um, I'd left Foxtel, you know, a number of years earlier, um, but still kind of had my head in, in that TV space and had a good understanding of it. And I just, I just knew that there would be a role to play for a site to really help explain to customers the different, the different options that were available. Um, yeah. I knew the content was going to be fragmented across all of these services and therefore cause a lot of confusion in the marketplace. And there was a role for uh, a service or a site to help help guide people along that journey and, and get people to um, to a purchase decision. And, and you know, there's, there's probably some way to monetize that um, to, to, yeah, to, to pay for it. So what, what's been your, uh, like, how do you get people to the site? That's a lot of traffic. Um, what's your strategy been to attract visitors? Um, really, it's been content and an SEO um, led from, de- from day one. Um, so yeah, like writing, writing great content, well-optimized content, um, targeting kind of popular keyword searches in and around, yeah. in and around the entire category from, you know, where do I watch this to what are the best services or reviews for the services or price comparison kind of search terms. So, um, really creating content that helps that, you know, identifies what people are searching for and helps answer those questions. So does that mean that like a new TV series comes out? on uh binge for example and mm. you would write specifically about that show would that be would, would you go that niche or it's you have to go broader than that with your keywords yeah we would go to that we do go to that level down to yeah, yeah down to a particular match um in terms of the sport arena De- definitely down to a show level we obviously can't do it um well <laughs> I'll, I'll change that we we haven't historically been able to do it to uh, at every show level, but we've actually worked out a way to stitch the data together and do it for pretty much about 20,000 shows and, and TV, oh, um, wow. and TV series and movies. Wow. That's, um, and then like, say with binge, right? Like I'm a classic example. We actually, my wife and I, I'm just trying to remember the name of the show that we, uh, recently watched, but we, you know, was signed up for one, one for 14 days for free, watch the, um, the show that we want to watch and then we're off. Disconnect. Oh, um, disconnect. Oh, no, we disconnect. So, like, we're not paying the 15 bucks a month. We just wanted to watch that show. Um, gave it a go, but I just, I don't know. There's just so much, as I said, there's just so many things that you need to subscribe to these days. And they're very clever that they might just have one 
kind of show that's uh, you really want to watch and that's yeah. how they get you in and all the, you know, yeah. 90% of it you're not interested in. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the, you know, that's the challenge that these guys have. They've got a, they have those kind of tentpole programs that they publicize and get people in on and everyone's talking about and you, you have to watch it, but they need to have our content that is, you know, of that caliber that will get you hooked on the next series. But I think what Netflix do really well is, is obviously that, that recommendation kind of aspect and, and in, in their user interface that then gets you hooked into the next thing. They're really good at that. And I think the other players are probably lagging behind that. And I think if they can, A, have the content in their library that is of that caliber and B, then get the right content in front of you before yep. you unsubscribe in that, you know, 14 day or 10 day kind of yeah. trial window. That's yep. kind of, that's, that's the key really. And I think that's what Netflix has done really well because they've got the best drop, you know, um, library of content and they've got the best way of using the data that they have to recommend the next best thing to you. Yeah. Yeah. I would just, um, I recently read something about Netflix and I think they've got, I think it was two, I, I can't remember the exact number. It might've been 200 million monthly subscribers to their service, which is just incredible, yeah. right? Incredible. Right. And they've, they put the price up by a dollar or two dollars a month, and you know it's pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty meaningful change to revenue. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they had the head start on everyone, um, and they really invested really well in content. And um, you know, they they create some of the best content in the world. Now. Is it a bit like I don't know Google and like say if you know Netflix is entertainment and they're kind of akin to Google versus all the rest of like the Bing and the Yahoo and duck, duck, go. Uh, and do you know what I mean? Like they seem like they've yeah. just got a, a stranglehold on this industry. Like they're, they're the biggest. Yeah, for sure. I think it's kind of different. Like if, if they all had access to the same suite of content, like Google and Bing and Yahoo who have access to the entire worldwide web, that might yep. be the case. Yeah. But due to rights, you know, rights within content, there's obviously silos that will that will always sit within one service and not another. So yes and no, I guess. Yeah, yeah, fair fair enough. And how do you guys make money? I think I know the answer to this, but uh, just we, let's we, let's explain it to the listeners. We're a publisher. Uh, you know, an affiliate affiliate kind of comparison site. So uh so you get a refer digital media, so display. Yep. So you get so like-, like you would on a, a standard news site. Um, then it's through kind of referrals, as you were about to mention, I think, in terms of like a, a cost per click or a cost per sale when someone signs up from our site um, or, you know, video display. So we cover kind of the range of digital media monetization all the way through from, you know, a cost per sale affiliate at one end and a standard cost per thousand display media deal. Yeah. Okay. And how many staff have you got working in that business? Uh, 12 of us. Um, oh, okay. Onshore or distributed? Uh, all, all over the place. So <laughs> we've got the Philippines, we've got um, France, Spain, the United States, uh, all, a number of locations across Australia yeah. uh, and the UK. Fantastic. And so how long have you been? I, I take it you didn't grow up in Australia? Um, no. What, what's your journey? Get, what's your journey uh, getting here to Sydney? Um, well, grew up in the UK. Um, studied and sort of started my first my career in, based in London. Um, I think I lasted one year after uni in, in London, making 
basically no money in advertising and uh, half my agency was banging on about Australia and how fun it was. And it was kind of, you know, it was a fair, there's kind of a a very even flow between Australia and the UK in terms of the the advertising industry. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, like, give me some of that. I'll, I'll go and have my, you know, traveling year but get paid to do it and, and go to sydney and then i never went back oh wow okay and how sorry how long ago was that and that was 2001 oh wow so it's so 20, coming 20 years, years mate yeah it's 20 years ago this month exactly I, I thought you would have lost the accent by now but <laughs> no, no, no hanging on to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> With white knuckles, no. and, and and is there a big um contingent of mates that are i don't know that were around that vintage that came over or if you you kind of um, your wife's australian no. isn't she she's swedish actually. oh she's swedish okay so she, she's another blow-in um yep. no like <laughs> <laughs> none of my no, I don't, I can't, none of my mates from, from back in the day in, in england are, are here like i think i've got a such a melting pot of mates now here Pons, yep. aussies every european country under the sun yeah um, right yeah oh that, that's fantastic that's fantastic so um where to from here where, what, what's the what's the plans for um just to k- keep going like you seem like you're a bit of a lifestyle kind of entrepreneur would that would that be a fair assumption um well when you say lifestyle what do you, what do you mean well i don't know you seem pretty relaxed and casual you're are you work? You're working from home, and uh, like I, I guess I call a lifestyle entrepreneur someone that um, uh, what how do you, lives not lives to work. It's works to live. Yeah, Does that make sense. Yeah, so it, it's yeah. kind of like getting that balance between. It's not all work and it's not all play, but you've got kind of this healthy balance between the two. Yeah, healthy balance. Okay, I'm a workaholic, so I love working. Um, okay, I'm trying to you know do the next thing. Whether and um, yeah, I'm at home today. Um, in the office most of the time. Um, I need to, you know, I like the space of getting getting out of the house and into the office. I find it's good for my kind of mental health and, and yeah. separate separation of work and work and play. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's loads of stuff going on across both businesses. I think um, at your table, really capitalizing on the growth. So, you know, when the business has been on this year, we've seen, you know, 150 plus percent growth year on year. And that's without all the state firing at once. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a huge opportunity to to really grow that. Um, yeah. I'm looking at a bunch of um, implementing EOS go on across that yeah. business. Yeah. Um, really, just tried to put in you know some of the some of the foundations that that weren't there, like a really solid CRM. So taking advantage of that um, in terms of repeat customers and visitation and, and that kind of thing. Um, and on compare, really just trying to do what we do and do it better. I think you know the core of that business is really to help in the people's, you know, TV and, you know, content entertainment decision-making. You know, we've done a great job in terms of helping them compare price, in terms of helping review, in terms of helping find uh, a particular piece of content where it's on. And uh, I just think there's a a greater job of really, people have still always got that question, like, you know, when when you've got that water cooler or barbecue conversation, it's like, what are you watching? You know, yeah. people still are relying on that, you know, kind of curated recommendation of what will I like, what, you know, there's so yeah. much content out there. People are yeah. still trying to find the stuff. They're almost spoiled for choice. And I think we can be smarter about how we use the data that we've got to really make that recommendation. Yeah, 100%. Okay, Ollie, well, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, speaking with you. 
Could you give us your websites just for people that are interested in maybe taking a further look at, at what you do? Yeah, for sure. So at your table, the, the private chef experience service is at your table dot com dot au. Yep. Um, and compare TV is compareTV.com.au. Great. All right, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, Brendan. Good to chat. You've been listening to an APAC EO production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.